If you have your Bibles with you this morning, Luke chapter number 12, Luke chapter number 12 this morning. Uh, if you're able for the reading of God's Word, I would invite you to stand with me. If you're not able, I totally understand. Uh, but this morning, I do extend an invitation to do so. Lord willing, tonight, 6 o'clock, we're going to be back in the house of the Lord. If the Lord would help me, I'm going to share tonight. I'm going to preach a message uh, entitled The Decaying House. I believe you want to hear that message. I feel like it is a word from the Lord, and I'm going to do my best. I hope that the Holy Spirit will help me preach what I sense in my spirit for tonight. Uh, but this morning, uh, before doing that, I believe that uh, I'm in the next few moments, by the help of the Lord and the leading of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to probably release in this room a very important message for all of us that is here and those that are watching. It is probably one of the most important. How many would like to walk with the blessing of God in your life? Amen. I, I believe all of us desire that, but I, I, I'm going to dive in and I believe that what I'm going to release in this house will set the stage for you and your family. Uh, if we'll have ears to hear, uh, we'll be able to walk in a realm of the things of God that we have never done. So today, it may be a little more teaching this morning, but I believe that if we will allow the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to hear me this morning, but I want you to hear the Holy Spirit of God as he ministers to your heart from the word of the Lord this morning. Luke chapter number 12, verse number 22 through verse number 37, we're going to read this morning. I know that's a little bit of reading, but uh, it, it lays a foundation for us. And he said unto his disciples, this is Jesus speaking. I, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. And God feedeth them, how much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you, with taking thought, can add to a statue one cubic? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toll not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow was cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O ye of little faith. Notice that's a question. That's not a statement. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. Neither be ye doubtful minded. Be of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. Tell your neighbor, say your father knows. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. And some of these things. And all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you some things. To give you the kingdom. Sell that you have. Now some of you get nervous right now. And give alms or give offerings. Provide yourself bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
Let your lawns be girded about and your lights burning. And ye yourself liken to men that wait for the Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, that may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Wow. For a few moments today, I want to minister to us on this thought. The subject today is preparing for the blessing. I did not say blessings, but I said preparing for the blessing. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your people. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would anoint this vessel today to speak your word under the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. And the church says amen this morning. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. For a few moments, I'd like to use for a subject today, preparing for the blessing. The truth of the matter this morning is this. All of us desire to walk and to live in the blessing. You may ask, what is the blessing? We can say it this, in this manner. It is to walk with the favor of God in our lives and over our family. I would tell you today there is absolutely nothing wrong with having that desire. I actually encourage it. However, desire alone will not make that a reality. How many knows that you can wish for anything? But unless you apply yourself, it never becomes a reality. You and I today need to understand that in order for you and I to experience the blessing of God, we must walk in obedience, not occasionally, but continually. Paul makes this statement in Romans chapter 5, verse number 19. He says, he's reminding us that it was by one man's disobedience that many were made sinners. When we really stop and pause and think on this, it is amazing. We know that man was created in the likeness and the image of God. We know that then God saw it was not good for Adam to be alone, so he put him to sleep, took a rib from him, and made woman, named her Eve, put them in the garden called Eden, and gave them a charge and a command uh, to tend it and to develop it and to care for it. And simply we find that he gave them a instruction. You can eat of anything in this garden except for this one tree. That disobedient act made man corrupt. Can I tell you, it would be bad if verse number 19 stopped where I stopped. But it goes on. And this is why we can celebrate today. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. I'm thankful today that there has been a price paid for you and I to be able to walk in harmony with the God that has created us. I believe, however, one of the greatest tragedies of the church in this modern era in which we live is the, is the fact that we have failed to teach and we have failed to train the requirements of living a biblical life. 
Now, I'm not here not talking about legalistic issues. I'm not talking about that. And I understand that some gets kind of nervous when you start diving into what I'm going to dive into today. This is not about a works-based salvation. We understand that it is by the grace of God that we are saved. It is simply by us putting our faith in that, that we're able to walk righteous uh, because he is righteous. Now, but how many knows that when we have faith in him, that there will be works that follows us? Amen? You say, well, but listen, let, let's understand. Obedience today to the commandment of God is still better than sacrifice. I believe, however, we have taught many within the church community that it's about the hype or it's about the feeling or it's about holding the traditional line of whatever denomination that you're connected to. And therefore, we begin to have and develop this mindset, we're right and everybody else is wrong. Can I tell you, that is not of God this morning. This has led to us having a society that has no regard to what we're going to deal with this morning, and that is this, stewardship. If you and I are to ever walk in the depths of God, and if we're ever going to experience the blessing of God and the favor of God, it will be the result of us making a disciplined decision to live our lives as faithful stewards. Not to man's tradition, but to God's word. And how I tell you this morning, his word is still truth. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verses 1 and 2. It says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Stewardship this morning is a required ingredient for any man, any woman of God to unlock the blessing in their life. You can desire the favor of God all you want, but unless you get to a place where you are been a good steward, a faithful steward of the things of God uh, that has been given to you, uh, then you will never truly experience the favor of God. So I'd like to explore with you for a few moments this morning the true meaning or definition of a faithful steward. Uh, our, my dear friend and fellow minister of the gospel uh, that has traveled the globe, uh, he, he speaks in this manner concerning stewardship. Uh, he says stewardship is the practice of systematically giving of time, talent, and treasures based on the conviction that these are a trust from God to be used in his service for the benefit of his kingdom. It is a divine human partnership with God as the senior partner. It truly is a way of living. A life of faithful stewardship truly is the recognition of God's ownership of one's powers, one's possessions, and the faithful use of these for the advancement of, kingdom, of, of Christ's kingdom in the world. Now, allow me to... Add to this that nowhere in that description of being a faithful steward do you hear the word I. I'm going to bust your bubble this morning. It's not about your preference nor mine. 
It's not about me experiencing the type of worship I want. It's not about the church catering to what I need or what I think I need because it is simply about understanding that that which we have has not been given to us for our own pleasure. If we are not faithful with what God has given us, we need not expect anything to increase in our lives. Every one of us in this room probably has areas that we want increase in. But in order for us to experience that increase, you and I have to understand we must first be found faithful. And we must be faithful stewards. Allow me to remind us of the following. In Romans chapter number 14, verse number 11 and 12, it says this. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, can I say this with all of the love this morning? It's not any of your concern what Sister Wonderful does. It's not, it's not any of your business of what Mr. Wonderful is doing. They will give an account for what they do. But you, however, will give an account for yourself. You do not have to answer to me or any other minister. But you do have to stand and answer to the one true God. And it does not matter how much energy we spend in this earthly realm, in this little vapor of time that we have. And it doesn't matter how much energy we spend trying to convince people that we have it all together. If we don't have it together, God will reveal that in all of our lives. So I issue this statement to us today. On that day, every one of us will give an account on how we handled and lived our lives. Now, what does that really mean? It means this. The question has got to be asked, how are we spending our time? How are we using our talents? How are we spending our treasures? Because all of this is going to be laid open before Almighty God. I believe it's important to reveal this truth at the beginning of this year. God is the owner of all things, and you and I are merely stewards. You say, well, I, I don't know, but that, that, that boat belongs to me, and that motorcycle belongs, that, that this belongs. No, 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 no. Anything that you have, anything that's been given to you, it doesn't belong to you. You are merely a steward of it. And I'm not against having things at all because every one of us in this room, we're blessed. We're blessed more than we realize when you start looking at the global scale of things. Uh, can I tell you, I've sat in people's homes that has dirt floors and I've sat on five-gallon buckets and I've drunk out of dirty glasses and, and, and I, I've been in some rough places and I can tell you this, I appreciate what I have. So, 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 so I understand the blessings that we're living in, but notice with me, uh, God is the owner of all things and we are merely stewards. This is found throughout your Bible. Let me give you a few examples. Genesis chapter number 14, verse number 19. And he blessed him and said, 
Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Who possessed it? Not Abram. God. God is the possessor of heaven and earth. If that's not enough for you, Psalms 24, verse number 1. Notice it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. How many is living in the world? Guess what? He's the owner of you. He's the owner of the world. Now, we can go a little further in Psalms 50, verse number 12. The, the, the Lord's saying, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell you I was hungry. He said, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. What he's saying is, I have access and can take whatever I want, when I want, how I want. Now, Psalms 89 and 11 says, the heavens are thine and the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. Meaning this, not only does he own them, but he's created them. Now, the prophet Haggai goes as far as to say this in chapter 2, verse number 8. And this will make some of you really nervous. I'm not preaching about money today. But he says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. You think that money in your wallet's yours today, but it's not. I'll blame the quietness on the snow, okay? I I won't hold you accountable for it this morning. It's okay. I knew you weren't going to shout me down this morning. It's okay. I knew I'd be teaching a little bit. Some of you right now are saying, I hope it gets better because I got up and went through the snow for this. Listen, just stay with me. Ownership is possession of the right to control. Meaning this morning that God has the right and the authority to distribute what he has in heaven and earth to who and the how he sees fit to do so. Even though we walk around and say, God, I don't know why you're not doing that. Well, is it possible it is released or it is held back based on our stewardship? Please hear me. May I be so bold to ask the question this morning, where do you think the things you currently have come from? Well, I worked hard for it, preacher. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. But may I say to you that they are a gift from God. Your time, your talents, your giftings, and yes, even your treasures have all been entrusted to you by God. Which means, please hear me, those things that you are possessing this morning that you think are a blessing, they very well could be a curse to you in the future. Well, say, now you're getting deep, preacher. No, say with me, because can I tell you, there will be a day when you will give an account concerning your stewardship concerning them. Now, I don't care if it's $5 or 500000 I don't care if, what it is. I don't care if it's articles of clothing. I don't care if it's food. Anything, your talents, your giftings, your, your, your education, all of these things that you possess. This is across the board. A steward is not an owner, but he is one that is responsible and accountable. How do you come to this conclusion, one may ask? For the sake of time, I will not read this entire passage, but I encourage you to do so. 
Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse number 14 through verse number 30. It is a familiar passage of scripture probably for many in this room. Others maybe not so much. But notice the words of the Lord. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one. To every man according to his ability. And then immediately he took his journey. Now, anybody remember this story? Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all of it. But let me paraphrase. The one that had five talents, he took and he invested. And he gained five talents more. The one that had two talents did the same thing. He took the two talents that he had and he invested and he gained two talents more. We find that the one that gained the one talent, he viewed the master in a different light than the other two did. He said this, oh, he's a hard man. So therefore, I'm, I'm kind of fearful of him and I don't really love him. So therefore, I'm just going to make sure that I keep what he gave me because I didn't really want the responsibility of it anyway. So he just took it and buried it. And then the Bible tells us that after a long time that this man comes back and he requires of his servants. The one with the five talents comes and says, Master, I took your five talents and I've got five talents more. Notice the response that he gets. You find his response and verse number 21. And his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many like to hear that? Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Notice it says thy Lord. Personal here. Now, the one with the two talents, he comes and says, Lord, he said, I took the two that you gave me, and I, and I, I got two more. Notice, he gets the same response. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now, then he which received one talent came. He says, Lord, I knew that thou was a hard man. Reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not even strayed as a straw. And he's simply saying this, I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent in the earth. So here's what you gave me. The master said, it would have been better for you if you knew that I collected where I didn't even sow. You could have at least took it to the bank and you could have drawn interest on the one talent that I gave you. Least you would have been somewhat of a steward. But because of you not having an initiative, because of you not having a love for me and wanting to take what, because notice with the one with the five and the two, what they did, basically what was entrusted with them, they looked at it and they said, I know it may be risky, but I'm going to do with what he gave me just like I would if it was my own. How many knows if it's your own, you want to make it better, right? So therefore, it's like, how can we increase this and be a blessing to our master? But this one, the one that got the one talent, he sits and says, I'm just going to bury it in the earth. And notice the response that he gets. He says, take from the one, give it to the one that has 10. And this is what is so amazing to me. 
He says, take ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hear me. There was a man. He was a servant just like the other two. But he did not enter into the joy of his Lord because he was an unfaithful steward. Now, I want to say this. Only faithful stewards enter into the joy of the Lord. Is it possible that the lack of joy is the result of the lack of stewardship that we see and witness in the church in America today? Nehemiah simply says this in chapter 8, verse number 10, I believe it is. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Why is it that nobody can stand and fight against anything today? Why is it that we say, woe is me over everything? Is it possible because we don't have the joy of the Lord? And we don't have the joy of the Lord because we are not faithful stewards in the things that God has given us. You see, it's a domino effect. In order for us to really understand this, notice with me, this is not about just singing a song. This is not about just coming to the house of God. But this is about living a life uh, that reflects the kingdom of God. Notice with me this morning, uh, I'm thankful for, for the blessing. Yes, I am. But our excuses will not hold water when we stand before the Lord on that particular day. There is gifts and talents uh, and blessing in this room, uh, in families, uh, and yet they lie dormant month after month, year after year, and we have excuse after excuse, uh, and then we wonder why we don't have joy, uh, and we wonder why we don't have strength. Uh, I come to tell you this morning, uh, it's because of a lack of stewardship. Now, now, listen, I'm telling you this in love this morning at the beginning of this year uh, because I believe it's important. Uh, Let's look at some of the owner-steward relationship that we find in our Bible. Notice with me, uh, life itself uh, is what God is an owner of. But you have been given life. Every one of you have a birthday. That was a gift from God. Now, how well are you stewarding your life? Now, Genesis chapter number 1, 27 and 28 says, God created man in his own image. Uh, In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. How well are you doing doing that? How much dominion are you working with? How many things are you subduing? Why are you letting the devil torment your life? You have power over him. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. It it snowed today, so you're all right. Can I tell you this morning? Hear me. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 and 25. It says, God that made the world and all things therein. We want to establish that. He made everything. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life, breath, and all things. Now, your life today is a gift from God. Anybody agree with that? Right? We're blessed. He gave us life this morning. Your alarm clock didn't wake you up. God did. But not only is life an owner-steward relationship, but your time. Now, 
I'm going to demonstrate something to you. How many knows that we have an allotted amount of time? Right? Okay. Some of you are going to get excited. Some of you are going to get real depressed. Okay? This is time. In America today, the average male, average lifespan for a male is 74 and a half years. Okay? For a lady, they say add about five years to that, so it's about 79 to 80. It's because they make better choices than we do men. But how many knows that we're not guaranteed 74 years? Nearly every day for the last two weeks, I've dealt with death or near-death experiences with people. My friend, Brother Steve Clark, his brother, 51 years old, had a massive heart attack night before last hanging on by a thread even this morning, been praying. The day before that, 47-year-old executive for Fox News, only job he's ever had out of college, everybody loved him, dropped dead with a heart attack. Can I tell you, the list goes on and on. Another 50-something-year-old that I know had a heart attack, okay? The list just goes on and on. So I, we don't get, we're not guaranteed seven to four years, but listen, you've, given, you've got time. God gave you time, okay? we got... On average, seven to four. Notice Proverbs 24, verse 30. It says, I went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles, and covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. What Solomon is saying is the Lord spoke to me concerning what I just saw. He said, yet a little sleep... A little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and thy want as an armed man. How many knows this morning that we are plagued right now with poverty? And I'm not talking about in the natural. While there's poverty all over the globe, and I'm aware of that, but what I'm talking about, there is spiritual poverty in the church in America today. There's no anointing. There's no passion. There's no authority. We're in a state of poverty. Okay? Now, the psalmist writes in Psalms 90, verse number 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now, what is Wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge of what is true. It is one that has insight concerning a thing. So I'm going to give you some knowledge this morning, all right? Even though you're not shouting me down and you're not giving me a lot of amens, I'm glad I don't have to have those. Who can I use this morning? Brother Brian, how old are you? You're 59. All right. God's, on average, we say we have 74 years, all right? This is a Tootsie Row, a year. There's one. God gave Brian one year, two years, three. Come count for me. That way I can keep talking. How's that? Count me 59 out there. Brother Brian has been given 59 years. All right? Now, 
I want to show you something. Psalms 39, verse number four says, Lord, make me to know my end and that the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. How many knows when you're 18, you think you're going to live forever? I can do anything. I can jump off of a 10-foot wall. It ain't going to hurt. Listen, I jump out four foot off of a rafter now, and I'm like, Lord, help me, Jesus. Listen, it's different. I used to swing from a hay mound and a hay loft. Listen, it was no problem. We can No, now, come on now. It's like, oh, help me, Jesus. But the psalmist says, Lord, make me to know my end. Now, some of you may not agree with this, but that's okay. You have your opinion. But I heard Brother Jesse DePlantis many years ago tell a story. The story was there was an old lady in his congregation at the time and said, she called and said, Pastor Jesse, I need you to come to my house. I need you to be at my house at 12 o'clock tomorrow. And he says, well, why do I need to be at, my, be at your house at 12 o'clock tomorrow? She said, because I'm going home at 12 o'clock tomorrow. And he said she was perfectly healthy. He said, what do you mean you're going home? He said, I'm, and she mentioned her husband's name. She said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be with him tomorrow at 12 o'clock. He said, I didn't believe her, but he said, I was curious, so I went. And he said, I got there a little early. And he said, I went and I sat and was talking with her. And he said, sure enough, he said, we're sitting there talking. And at 12 o'clock on the nose, she leaned her head back, took a breath, and she went into eternity. Now, notice with me. Time, that which is allotted to us, is an owner-steward relationship with our creator now I don't want to discourage brother Brian but there's a lot more on there than in here now I pray brother Brian lives to be 90 years old 95 years old like my daddy did but according to natural means that's all the time he has left now think about it I'll pray that you feel better before you leave. But, but look, here's the deal. How much of this time, I'll make him feel better. He's just got a few years on me. <laughs> just nine of them, buddy. That's all I got left. I've got more days behind me than I do in front of me according to what statistics tell us. Now, if this is all I've got, how well am I stewarding this? Every one of them's a gift. Now, here's what I can say. Some of you in this room, you, you older than me and Brian, so we're going to make ourselves feel better. Some of you only got about like that. Now, what I'm saying is this, you can't change yesterday, but you can change today and for whatever day after. Now, what is important? I can tell you in some of these years, for me, I can only speak for me, cars was all that it was. I just needed one more classic car. I needed to be in the garage. I needed to do something. It was pleasure. I needed one more camping trip. I needed one more tent. I needed one more camping trip that Terry didn't go because I was tired of getting rained on. That's when we were still sleeping in tents. 
Tyler always blamed her. He said, don't invite Terry and Chris because it always rains. True story. See, all of these years, they signify other things in our lives. But now, do we understand time? It's allotted to us. Now, what's important? It's an owner-steward relationship. Not only time, but talent. If we go back to Matthew 25, now I know that Matthew 25 is dealing with coins in this particular setting, but talent is this, any gifting that God has given you. Some of you can sing. Some of you can speak. Some of you can teach. Some of you can serve with, a, with an anointing of servant, uh, serving. Uh, many of you have different uh, professional things that you have developed and, and skills that you have grown. Some of you has the engineering ability. Some of you, uh, you, know, uh, you, you have medical expertise. All of these things, all of these talents is given to you. So the question is, what are you doing with those talents and gifts? Because everything that's been given to us belongs to him, and therefore it is to be used for the advancing of the kingdom. But not only is our talents, but this is what makes people really nervous, also is your possessions. Can I tell you, that which has been entrusted to you in your possession, in the realm of possessions, notice this in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19 and 21, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, which moth and rust doth corrupt, wherein thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. What's above? It's eternity. It's the kingdom. I want to ask you, how, how kingdom-minded are we today? But not just our possessions, but our finances as well. That which you labor to earn this morning, that isn't yours and I's. It is simply belongs to him. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 tells us, Now consider the collection for the saints as I have given you to the order to the other church. Paul is saying, listen, I'm not going to give you a different theology or different instruction. Just go back and look at the churches that I've already been to, the teachings that I've already given, and you are to bring the first day of the week everything and lay it before the Lord in his store. Please hear me. So in preparing for the blessing of God in your life, one must come to the understanding of what is required. We're not required to be perfect. We're not required to have it all figured out. We're not required to be super polished. and We're not required any of that. What we're required to be is to be faithful. What is faithfulness this morning? Faithfulness, I'm hurrying because you're getting bored. Faithfulness this morning is one who is dependable, one that can be trusted. Let me ask this question. How dependable are you? How faithful are you? I'm not talking about just coming to the church. I'm talking about how faithful are you with your life? How faithful are you with your time? 
How faithful are you with your talents? How faithful are you with your possession? How faithful are you with your finances? It's not an occasional gift. It's not an occasional uh, volunteer. It's not an occasional thing that you do. But our life should be consumed with continually serving till he comes. Not only are we required to be faithful, but we need to be teachable. Notice with me, one that is open to instruction. Psalms 27 verse 11 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of my enemies. Uh, Notice, if you want to defeat your enemies, walk plainly before the Lord. Uh, Notice uh, today, uh, there has to be faithfulness. There has to be a teachable spirit uh, as well as uh, there has to be a desire to share the gospel. When did it become okay for us to ignore the harvest? We were talking even this morning, you know, now we have just surpassed 8 billion people on this planet. There's over 3 billion that have not yet heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, And we sit idle. Can I tell you, there is people within our reach in our own city that's never heard the name Jesus yet. But yet we do nothing. Notice, uh, there has to be a desire to share the gospel. Romans chapter 12, verses 10 through 13. Be kindly affected one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, uh, but fevered in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually, instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. You can sum that up by becoming been willing to put on a garment of servanthood. The desire to share the gospel is what pushes me every day of my life. And we must possess a servant's heart. Notice with me, Galatians 5 and 13, For brethren, we have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. A faithful steward will continually have a heart to serve. But fifthly is this, we must be willing to give. Meaning this, you and I must have a generous spirit. Luke chapter 6, 38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Can I tell you this? If you walk around not giving, you will never be one that receives. And it's not about the amount. It is about the heart. Can I tell you, it's about giving of your life, giving of your time, giving of your possessions. Listen, you and I have got to get back to a place where we understand none of it belongs to us. But it all belongs to him. As they make their way to the music this morning, our stewardship, please don't miss this this morning. Our stewardship will determine our level of increase in our life. You would say, preacher, I want increase in my life. I want favor. I want the blessing. I can tell you with all confidence this morning, you can have the blessing and the favor of God. It's to any and all if they will trust him. But if I trust him, that means that I have to acknowledge the owner steward relationship and that means this when I say I trust him then I say it all belongs to him not some things but everything my life belongs to him 
My time belongs to him. What little I have left. My possessions belong to him. My finances belong to him. Our focus must be brought back to what truly is the heart of God. What is his heart this morning? I have no problem with God's people being blessed and having great possessions. But I will say for some, it would be better for you to have nothing because of your stewardship. I have seen people Please do not be offended by what I'm getting ready to say. I've seen people live lives of struggle that made little. And I've seen those same people that once made little make great sums of money and they still live a life of struggle because they do not steward what God has given them. It isn't about how much you possess, but it's about understanding what you possess is to be used to glorify God and to advance the kingdom. Proverbs 15 and 16 says this, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. You say, well, I don't understand why increase isn't coming in some form in my life. You will not like what I'm getting ready to say. But God loves you too much to give you something you can't handle. He would rather you have less and you trust him and depend on him than for him to give you an abundance of something that would destroy you. There's a gentleman that is in the automobile industry. I follow some of the things that he does because he does some classic cars, but he was sharing a personal moment about a month ago. A gentleman had a 1966 Ford Mustang fastback. And it had all kinds of little tricks done to it. But his daughter was getting her license. And she wanted a classic car, but he said, that's too much car for her. So she comes and he says, what do you have that maybe we can trade around with? I want her to have what she wants, but I can't put her in that because it's just too much for her. The gentleman says, I completely understand because notice he says this. He said, I had a sister that was much younger than me. And when she turned 16 years old, he said, my father, he said he always spoiled her and he wanted her to have something special. And he went and he bought her a beautiful red Corvette and was going to give it to her on her 16th birthday. And he said, I begged and pleaded with my father please do not give her that for her first car. It has too much power. 
She doesn't have the knowledge. She doesn't have the ability. It's too much power for her. His father didn't listen. And she was all excited, of course. 16-year-old girl gets this beautiful red Corvette. But it was just a few days later that they got a call. And that 16-year-old girl was dead. Because of the car she was in had too much power. She did not know how to handle it. And she wrapped it around a tree. See, our Father, while He loves us greatly, there's some things that He just will not let us have possession of because He knows you're not able to steward that. So in order for increase to come, we must learn to be faithful stewards. Now, I know that's a story in the natural realm, but please hear me this morning. You have a father that desires for you to walk with blessing to walk in abundance and he's not trying to keep something from you because notice in Luke 12 32 it says fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom he doesn't want to withhold anything from you he wants you to have everything that he has in his storehouse But he says, if I give it to you and you're not a faithful steward, it'll destroy you. Please hear me this morning. In order for us to prepare for the blessing, the favor, the increase, we have to learn what an owner-steward relationship is with our Heavenly Father. I want to give you just a couple of things. Here's how you can transfer ownership to God in your life. Number one, base every decision. Tell your neighbor every decision. Based every decision as to how you make your money and spend your money on scriptural principles. There is some things you just can't do to make money because it don't line up biblically. You got to treat people fair, you got to be honest. Listen, it's not about the dollar. But you got to make sure that how you're earning it is biblical. But you also have to make sure how you're spending it is biblical. And I want to say this this morning. That's entry level. If you can't get the money right, you can't get anything else right. If you don't get the money right, you'll never get your time right. You'll never get the rest of your possessions right. You'll never get life right. You must view yourself as a steward rather than an owner. It all belongs to him. And this is a hard one for us, but you have to hear me this morning. You have to acknowledge that God has the right to take or to leave as he sees fit. We're not going to understand it all. We're not even going to agree with it all. But in his sovereignty, while we see partly, he sees clearly. This deals with finances. This deals with health. This deals with us personally as well as our families, our friends. I don't understand. I don't understand why some lives leave so early. 
I don't understand that. But after many years of spending time along in the Word and asking God these questions and going to the Word to try to find answers, I find, even while I don't like it, I find that some of His greatest acts of love and kindness is because He takes some people early. Because when He takes them, their heart is right in that moment. If He'd let them stay, maybe something along the way wouldn't have let them stay right. That's hard for us to understand. But in that moment, God says they're safe. Hear me. By giving ownership of our life, we allow him to work supernaturally through it. That's why he can take my little and turn it into much. That's why he can take a boy from the cornfields of Indiana and let his feet hit soil all around the globe and speak to people this glorious gospel because I allowed him to supernaturally flow through my life. The same can be said for you today. And remember this, we will all give an account as to how we manage all that God has entrusted us with. This isn't just financial things, natural things, but for the parents and grandparents in this room, look around, look at your children, your grandchildren. Those are gifts from God. I will give an account for how I raise my children. I will give an account of how I teach my grandchildren because they've been entrusted to me. It does not matter that they see Paul preaching the gospel. What matters is that they need to see Paul living the gospel. And they must see Paul instilling the gospel in them. I cannot assume because they said in here they're getting it. No, I have to have that one-on-one time where I say, listen, listen. You hear me? Let us use the actions of Abraham as our example. For the sake of time, I, I tried to give you a series this morning in the time that I had. But if you was to read your Bibles in Genesis chapter number 14, you'll see Abraham has went out and he's fought the battle. He brings the spoil back. He brings the wealth back. He runs into Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And they start having conversation and he says, just give me the people and you take the goods. And Abraham said, oh no. He said, I will not take from a thread or even a shoelace. He understood it didn't belong to him. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. This doesn't belong to you. This time does not belong to you. So what gives us the right to reach in and say, well, I think I'll take, I think I'll take a thread or a shoelace of this year and this year. Now I'm all for a time of rest and relaxation. We have to do that. That is one of the, that is one of the commands that was given that you're supposed to rest. But listen, 
Rest is different than leisure. Rest is different than being drunk on entertainment. But this doesn't belong to you. For you young ones, it's got all of this. Don't waste it. Okay? Much is given. Much is required. Doesn't belong to you. But think about it. If I give this year to him, if I give this year to him, if I give this year to him, what an impact I can have. I can turn a world upside down. And I get multiple people doing that. One can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. Listen, I say all of this to say this this morning. If we will become faithful stewards, there's a world that's getting ready to experience God in a manner that they've never known because he's going to begin to show himself mightily on behalf of his people because when we're faithful, he then can release the strings in the heavenlies and says, I can trust them now. I can bless them now. I can bring increase now. There's an increase of anointing. There's an increase of finances. There's an increase in every avenue of your life because you're faithful. As we stand all over the house this morning, preparing for the blessing. Today is the day of salvation. That means today is the day that we are to be found faithful in sharing this glorious gospel. I don't know where you will find yourself before this day is over. A friend of mine that I met when I was in Belize and did ministry with on a few occasions since then down in North Carolina yesterday him and his wife went to a local restaurant sat down began to eat their waitress began to talk to them and began to share some issues that she was having In that moment, Craig didn't say, okay, I'll pray for you at church tomorrow. No. But he began to tell her, you know God loves you. That he can heal you. He can touch you. If you just believe in him. If you'd allow him to. If you'd ask him to. He said, would you be interested in that? She said, I sure would. I'm in so much pain. So he said, well, can I just pray for you? Pray with you. Right in the middle of this really nice restaurant. By this time, co-workers are all gathered around. And him and his wife just begins to pray. And immediately, she received healing in her body. For everybody around to see. And this is what she said. I don't have a pain one. She was amazed. What am I saying? 
because somebody was a faithful steward. Somebody received a miracle. Can I tell you, our lack of stewardship could be causing a lack of healing to flow in our nation today. So I know this is a challenging word. I know this is a little bit of a solemn message today. But I'm going to tell you something. You can desire the blessing all you want, but desire will never get you there. It's only when you make a commitment. I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. I'm talking about a new way of living. This isn't about what a lot of people want to make it about. But I'm ministering from a place of experience today. This is a lifestyle that I live and Debbie lives. Not only have we made a commitment to be lifelong students, but we've made the commitment to be lifelong givers. And I don't talk about it. I don't need attaboys. I don't need pats on the back. But everything that we have belongs to the Lord. That's why we, people think it's glamorous, but there's nothing glamorous about riding in an airplane for 20 hours. Trust me. There's nothing glamorous about living in airports for two days at a time. There's nothing glamorous about living, eating foods you don't like, sweating 12 hours a day. There's nothing glamorous about those things. But it's that push. I'll go to one more village. I'll eat one more thing that they call chicken, but I've never seen a chicken run in that nation. I don't know what it is. Just don't let my mind go there. Okay? I, I'll, I'll spend one more dollar. I'll, I'll, I'll spend one more hundred. If God brings it, I'll let it go out this one. What am I saying this morning? We have a generation that says, I want God to bless me, but yet we won't live according to biblical principles. There is men and women all around this room today that can lift their hands and they can testify to this that when you give God what is His and then you give tithes and offering above it, there is an unleashing of blessing. Anybody can testify to that this, this morning? Absolutely. Because it all belongs to Him. You see, when you bring the 10th to the storehouse, what you're telling is this, God, the other 90 belongs to you as well. If you want it, you can have it. I'm going to do a teaching in a couple of weeks on tithing and offerings. I'm not going to tell you what week because you won't show up if, if I do. But I'm not teaching you that because I want your money. Listen, I don't want your money. Money is just a tool. Now, we need a lot of money in this ministry to do what we're getting ready to do that you'll be hearing about in a few weeks, Lord willing. We could go to the bank and say, Banker, I need this money and probably get the money, but I don't want the bank's money. I want... 
God to provide the money. I don't like debt. Debt's not my friend. It's not your friend. I don't want to be enslaved to anything. I want to be free. I want to stand fast in the liberty wherewith God has made us free through Christ Jesus. And some of you are not free because you're holding on to too much. Listen, if you're living your life with close fists like this, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, you're going to live a life of struggle. But when you say, okay, God, it's all yours, just open it up, just, just give it. Give of your life, give of your time, give of your possession, give of your finances, give of everything. And watch God. Watch God do supernatural things through your life. Because the faithful steward unlocks the supernatural. And the supernatural brings increase. And increase means you can increase your reach, your influence, and you can touch a world. This morning, I have one question for you. Can you truly say, not in the sight of me, but in the sight of Almighty God, can you say without, conf- without hesitation and with complete confidence that I'm a faithful steward with my life, with my time, with my possession? I'm going to be transparent with you today. Every Sunday morning, I get a little notification on my, on my device. It tells me how much screen time I averaged each day through the week. I didn't like the screen time number that was on there this week. It was too high. I said, no, 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 no. That's too much. And I know part of it was because I listened to a few preachers more so on this device than I normally do. But at the same time, I said, no, that's, that, that's too much. There's times in our life we have to reevaluate our lives and say, what's the, real th- what, what's the real thing? The real purpose for you and I this morning is to advance the kingdom. That's from your platform, your, prof- your profession, wherever you're at, wherever you're living. God has you where you are right now to be his hands and his feet. How well are you serving in that capacity today? I want to pray with you this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment. In order for you just to acknowledge this morning, not to me, but Almighty God, you would say before Him this morning, no one looking around. Lord, I've heard you this morning. Lord, I want to be a steward, I want to be a faithful steward. You'd simply say, you know what, maybe, maybe there's some areas in my life this morning that, that I need to revisit. There's some things I'm doing that doesn't reflect what biblical structure really is. Maybe you'd say, it's, it, I, I put too much emphasis on me and my wants and my desires. any of those things are you I just want you to lift your hand you can put it right back down I want to pray with you God bless 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 you I appreciate your honesty before the Lord this morning here's what I want us to do I want us to pray together I'm not going to call you to the front this morning 
But I'm going to ask you just to maybe lay your hand on your neighbor this morning. We're going to pray one for another. And I'm not, I don't want you to pray for yourself this morning. I want you to pray for your neighbors. And here's the prayer. I want you to pray, Lord, help them to be faithful stewards that you've called them to be. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to teach this morning. Lord, I thank you for your presence that I feel in this house today. I thank you, Lord, for the honesty of those that lifted their hands this morning in this sanctuary. Lord, that they would simply say before you, not before man, but before you today, they said, Lord, I need to change some things. Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength and the boldness to do that. Lord, for I know that change is not easy. We are people of habit. We are people that get into routines and change behavior is sometimes challenging for us. So Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit there would just be a a freshness that would come to them and that there would be a strength granted to help them make the necessary changes. Lord, I pray that scales would fall from their eyes and that they would see your word in a fresh light, in a fresh manner, that the revelation of the Holy Spirit would show them that there is more. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would help us to be faithful stewards. Lord, help us to steward our life and our time in a manner that brings you glory and honor. Help us, Lord, to release ourselves from our possessions in order that we can use those possessions for your glory and your honor. Lord, I pray that you would continue to teach us concerning our finances. And Lord, I pray that there would just be a a trust given to your people today. Lord, I pray that little still small voice would just whisper in their ears in such a manner where they know that they know that they know that they can trust you and your structure concerning finances. Lord, in our world, one plus one always equals two. But Lord, in your world, we know this, that one plus one can equal an abundance. And Lord, that's what we put our faith and trust in today. Lord, I pray for health and strength just to be granted to your people physically, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, as they make this decision today to just live in a manner where they could be identified as a faithful steward. So Lord, today we just simply say this corporately. All that we are, all that we'll ever be, all that we possess presently, all that we will possess in the future belongs to you. And Lord, we willingly give it away knowing this, that you will continue to refill and to replenish so that we can even continue to give more. So God, today we ask 
you to take our little and to breathe on it and to make it much. I pray that the world would be touched by the generosity of your people in such a way that they would experience the love of Christ that would lead them to a place of salvation and deliverance. So Lord, I thank you because of the stewardship of this house and these people. I thank you for the release of miracle signs and wonders that's coming this year. I thank you for wayward children that's coming home this year. I thank you for unexpected turnarounds and situations that's coming this year because of the men and women that's going to be found faithful. Not in one area, but in all areas of their life. So God, today we give you praise, glory, and honor. And Lord, I pray that you'd give us safe travel home today. Bring us back safely tonight at 6 o'clock. Help us to be found faithful today. Wherever we may find ourselves, no matter who we may be mixing with today, let us be about your business. And the church says, amen.